Welcome to episode 19 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Joining me this week, the three lads return, Lee, Dan, Rob. How are we, guys? Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, very well, thank you. Feeling fine and swept. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Rob, what a way what a way to start. Let's let's not mess about. Let's just dive straight into the Philly series. I've got, got a ton. I've literally got four pages of A4 notes on roster moves. Let's not bore everyone with that. Let's get stuck into the Philly series. I mean I, I don't think I don't think we've swept the Phillies at their place for seven years or something crazy like that. It's, it's a tough ballpark for us. It's been a tough ballpark for a few years there for, for us. Um, but to come out of that with a series sweep, we'll get into the predictions uh, update uh, later on. I, I feel like one or two of us were a little bit more confident anyway going into that series. But, Rob, talk me through that series, mate. What, what were the highlights for you, of which there were many? Yeah, well, we, I don't think we thought when we came into the series, we thought we we had a chance of getting a few wins, but not to sweep them, which is obviously the, the most incredible thing. And we know that the, the Phillies have been on a bit of a bad run. They struggled against the Nats, they struggled against the Dodgers. They really seem to struggle. McCutcheon seems to have been their sort of talisman they lost. Um, but even so, really, really strong, you know, batting lineup, really, really dangerous. And by and large, we kept them quiet with what was just incredible pitching. And not from our sort of magical five lineup that we had at the start of the season, but from players like Yamamoto, who uh, who we thought when, um, you know, uh, he came into the, the team, he had that really good first start, seven innings, went through with no earned runs. Then he did it again. You know, twice against the cards. Yeah. But when it came down to it, people were saying, look, you know, he's had two fantastic games. It sometimes happens. You know, we've had players like Dylan Peters come up and have a really, really good start. And, you know, Garcia did it last year too, didn't he? Harlan Garcia. He he came up and had some great starts, and everyone was like, whoa, Harlan the Marlin. And, you know, yeah, they'll figure him out. And, you know, he hasn't got the velocity and, you know, Apart from those three walks to start the game, throughout, yeah, again, such a, a mix of pitches. You didn't, you know, as a bat, you didn't know what on earth he was going to pitch next. And that's the great thing about him. I, I really, really like him as a player. And after that third game, the fact that he could get through five innings with seven strikeouts, with someone who doesn't have a lot of velocity, with you know, um, amazing change-up, breaking ball, all the rest of it, the fastball coming in there as well. And, you know, the lineup that, that Yamamoto was going against with, you know, the, Harper, Hoskins, Kingery, Bruce, Segura, th- th- that, that first five are all power, power bats. 
and bats that have been on form earlier this season. So to keep them quiet, I thought was just amazing. And it, it seems to have sparked something all the way through, um, you know, uh, just go through the other games in regards to like Enrique Hernandez, um, uh, sorry, not Enrique Hernandez, Alicia Hernandez was incredible again with another five innings. Alcantara, you know, I thought he was going the full eight innings in that game. Uh, just, just, it just seems incredible. We, we, it was interesting that um, in the card series we played Adam Wainwright, who was sort of famous for being able to pitch complete games, and uh, maybe we've got someone like that in Alcantara as well. Um, Showing signs of it early, isn't he? I mean, was he? He's gone week one. He could have gone the full nine. We held him back. He went the full game against the Mets in about 45 minutes, that, that Sunday game. And then, yeah, nearly another eight again, strong against the Phillies. So he's definitely, it, it's in his MO, isn't it, to deliver that? Yeah. And uh, at the moment, I've, I've not known a, a Marlins team like this to have, what is it, eight, uh, maybe nine, if you take someone like Hector Noessi in, in NOLA at the moment, nine pl- uh, potential starting pitchers who you'd have some confidence in, could go over five, six, seven innings with over five strikeouts every single time. I, I've not known it for the Marlins, and it is, it is fantastic. But it seemed to spark something with the bats as well. And, you know, Garrett Cooper, uh, we were talking about what a good trade he was, but just, oh, just wow. incredible, isn't it? He's on massive form, and that has sparked off Brian Anderson. Mickey Rose's bat is really hot, and his fielding is incredible. And it just... Riddle, you know, for a player who, you know, a couple of home runs to to start mm. the season and fall off, it just it, it, he suddenly turned into this kind of slugger. You know, well, where did that come from? He's a, a power bat now, isn't he? He's <laughs> crazy. Uh, speaking about Riddle, I, I was watching uh, the game. Yeah, it was the Hernandez start, um, and Riddle launched a home run in that one. I think it. I think it was the Hernandez one. He, he hit a home run at relatively early on, second inning or something, and he's trotting round. And I looked at him, Riddle. He's got his comeback just reimagined. He's got a beard. He <laughs> he was running and he had. It was we were in the black outfits. He had a, a black sleeve underneath, black gloves. He was pretty much all in black. He's got this beard and he's got these big chains bouncing around his neck. I thought, bloody hell, what's happened to Riddle? Who is this guy? He's just come back as a power-hitting rude boy. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. But, um, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, mate, sorry to cut in you on there. It's just that, that yeah. Riddle is, it's not what we saw, what, two years ago when he came as a bum-fluffed um, shortstop. <laughs> Well, that, was, that was what he was in the side for, his fielding, not his yeah. bats. And that's really, really come alive. But it, earlier in the season, we talked about that we had like one or two players who could really do it. You know, maybe Neil Walker, Miggy Rowe, Brian Anderson, and the rest of the, the batting lineup being pretty poor. And so got a couple of people on base. Yeah, well, it, 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 we're not going to follow it through because the, the batting lineup is so weak. But it definitely wasn't the case here. When we had the opportunities, we took advantage of it. And it's not just the home runs we've seen, or even Brian Holiday hit a home run. And that's another talking point, isn't it? If we're at the start of the season, if we'd have said, you know, our, 
our, our catches are being led by Brian Holiday and a guy who hasn't played for 10 years, um, <laughs> you would have thought, mm, right, OK, well, we're, we're, we're definitely going to be, you know, leading the, uh, the tank standings with, with that. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, <laughs> Wilson Castillo, uh, Castillo uh, sorry, Wilkin Castillo comes up. Yeah, as I say, hasn't played for 10. He's been in the wilderness of Mexican leagues and the indie League and all sorts. Um, and, and basically hits the, the winning runs. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Magic I, um, stories. I, I love the stat after a bit when he was called up and um, they said about, obviously, he hadn't played for 10 years and whatever it was. And they said, and he'll be looking tonight to extend a two-game hitting streak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or extend his game hitting streak to two. Yeah. But, but actually, if you spin on its head, it's actually the longest hitting, hitting streak ever in the history of the <laughs> MC. Ten, ten years and two days as a hitting streak or whatever. Like, awesome. Oh, we, you, you've nailed that there, mate. It's I describe it as, I, and let me just, when I looked at the pitching stats for that game, so bearing in mind, Wilkin Castillo hit that two, two RBI double when it was needed to pretty much win the game. When you look at the pitching lineup, let me just talk you through this. So Hernandez was the starter and went five. You then had Austin Bryce, followed by Wei Chen, and then Jose Quijada to close it. I mean, what? A bunch of mis that is the biggest bunch of misfits ever. I I don't think you've expected A and M to be on the roster at this time of the year, let alone be winning games five three in Philadelphia against a team who's pushing to win the division. Mm. Baseball is absolutely <laughs> crazy. How yeah. how does this happen? But I think what it shows you guys is momentum, both positively from us and negatively for the Phillies. It's mm-hmm. such it plays such a key role, doesn't it, in baseball? You just get on these runs, you get in these ruts. We were in ruts earlier in the year. I mean, the ice emoji was just heavily overused. And now we've managed to pick up some players, they've stayed healthy, we've added them into the lineup, and you know, the pitchers have been consistent throughout. I mean, that's that's one thing that has been constant. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Lee, Lee, I'll come to you, mate. I don't think we expected the pitching to be quite this good for this long a period no. i mean it's it's exceptional really to ha- when you take into account urania on the 60 day pablo on the 10 day and uh, caleb on the 10 day as well just to come back and three other guys just you know drop in the mix and it's like nothing's changed no like i say it's, it's you know it's been been a really good to see i think what is it we're third in the starters you know era for the whole league Mm. Yeah, and and yeah, you know, to see how young you know, our guys are, it's yeah, you know, it's just good to see for see for the future. Yeah. It's just, it's just just the way the way that that, that, that they've come in, yeah, you know, and it's like they they've been here been here you know for years. And they they all just they all just just look so so good, relaxed, you know, composed. They're, yeah, it's just 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 like really you know, really good to see. In all my years of being a Marlins fan, you know, which we have like you know, nine you know. 18 years or so this is this is it's probably the yeah the best depth i've i've ever seen it's yeah just, it's just really yeah, really good good to see how does it compare mate because you've been a fan you and rob have both been fans longer than me and dan and i i wasn't following the team you know in the world series years and whatever how, how does this rotation 
compared to those sides that actually went on to win World Series? You know, was that a key foundation to those teams having you know this level of of starting rotation, or was there maybe it was something different? I don't know. No, I mean we always were known for, known to have a good pitch, and you know, you know, rather than than hitting, you know, we, we were a sort of team that, that played played the small ball ball a bit, and okay. then, then the starting starting pitchers kept us in it. We ne- we never really had a truly great starting pitcher, but we always had a decent sort of four, you know, four or five, who who whose ERA was like you know, low, you know high freeze freeze low fours. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe with, with, with like one sort of bad bad player, but. Yeah, but but this, for in terms of the, of the whole the whole team, you know, you know, and even the miners, this is this is definitely the best, you know, in, in all my time. Yeah, yeah. Well, whether the stats back that up, who knows? But they can't they can't be far off because they, we've never been in a top three of anything linked to starting That's pitching anywhere near that since I followed the Marlins. So this is this is just way beyond our expectations. I just think one one other point with that is that we uh, obviously we had at one point one of the, the the best prospect in in pitching in Jose Fernandez, but yeah. what was around him at the time was not good. No. Uh, so Both. you were looking forward to his starts, but you weren't looking forward to what else was happening. So we were relying on you know Tom Kohler coming up and and sort of being able to support him. He had a few injuries and was on and off. And then, and the rest of the players, and we, we've had that over the years. Um, they you remember, like when Brad Penny was there, and they did, yeah. it, we didn't really have the components around him. As, but at the moment, this is not what we've got here. What we've got here is a full lineup with lots of depth. Someone yeah. gets injured, it's fine. You've got someone else to take his place. And it's not the fact that you've got, um, you know, just a lot of heavy, fastball, you know, high pace pitchers who will be found out the the range of of, of pitchers that you know the, the, the team still haven't worked out trevor richards yet have they no <laughs> and if he still keeps throwing that change up they never will do mm. um because they can't tell when it leaves his hand whether that's a fastball or a change up yeah and that's the thing they're having to guess and so uh it's it's incredible if we can get the batting with this yeah. Um, then you know we could be, you know, a pretty decent team for the second whoa. half of the season. And whoa, maybe... whoa, whoa, temper these expectations now. Whoa, I can feel, I can feel some bold I've, predictions here. I've got, I've second I've got to get seventy wins. Remember, I've had that bet yeah. with uh, Bob from UK Braves. Well, and, and I doubled down on it as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm invested in that too, mate. I mean, yeah, I'm with I you. I'm cheering, I'm cheering on seventy. But I, and I think Bob. I think he's sweating a little bit now. I think he is. But he's, so, if, if, if I sit here today, I I think I think we we will get to to seventy wins. Okay, big big being bold. <laughs> but when yeah, you I, look at what you um what you just uh, finished up on there, Rob saying that you know just add some bats to it, and this this can be a pretty you know a, a competitive team almost. You know, I, I looked earlier at our losses this season. I think we're on forty six losses at the moment. And I looked through, and we had lost um, in we had lost thirteen of those games by just two runs or less, which is about thirty percent of our defeats have come in just two two runs or less. So it shows that the pitching is always going to keep us in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be the odd blowout. Obviously, that's always going to happen. That's baseball. But you had some bets to this team. We're not a million miles away, and we've shown it this week. I know momentum is huge, as we've already just said. 
Philly's on a bit of a slide and we've obviously pick, picked up a bit of confidence. But it, it, we're, we're, this, this team isn't going to be miles off. It's, it's, if, this, if the season started today, you, I wouldn't have Miami bottom of the league, of the, of the uh, division. Yeah. Well, well, we'll come right. Actually, let's. It's a good talking point, guys. Actually, let's let's maybe have a little think of that because we've seen or we're going to see quite a bit of the um, the divisional rivals the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we've just seen the Phillies. They're on a bit of a skid. We're about to go into the Nats. We we know what we know about the Mets. We already swept them once earlier, which start which kickstarted us actually, didn't it? That's when Sandy mm. threw that complete game, and since then. <laughs> they have just, they, they have, I don't know what the Mets are doing. They are, no, 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 they're, they're fighting with, with like your reporters now and everything, aren't they? Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what is going on with the Mets? And, you know, you look at the standings and what are we, I don't yeah. know, five, five and a half games back? Five the Mets? and a half games yeah. back, yeah. With four losses behind them, yeah. Hey, by the end of this week, by the time we're sipping beers in London together, <laughs> we, could be in, we could be in fourth place if things go our way. Uh, you what? know, just just throwing it out there, it's possible. What was my prediction at the start of the season? We'd finish oh, fourth right. ahead of the Mets. <laughs> I said they would blow up. Yeah, and you because... also had the Nats to blow up as well. So we'll, maybe we'll add add to their pain this week as well. Although we're going into the teeth of their rotation, we are you know we're top of the rotation for them boys. So it's going to be a test for our bats. We've been high praise, but yeah, but our 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 six, seven, and eight rotation is good enough to compete. So we won't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and right, Scherzer's number, remember at the moment. Yeah. Although Scherzer has really improved it in the in the last month. Yeah, uh, but I can't got... remember either. Um, we, I, I know we had Trevor that got hit about about ten days ago against the Pirates, but I can't even remember one of our starting pitchers getting getting more than about three home runs for for ages, apart from that one that Trevor got knocked about. And this, this isn't the starting fighter. This is going all the way through Hernandez and Yamamoto and, and yeah. even Gallon. Just, I know we keep saying it, but it's so deep. It's so deep. Yeah. It's, it's mm. This is the key, isn't it? It's, it's not just, you know, like in football. It's not what's your one to eleven like. It's what's your what's your twenty three like? Because yeah. you can't you can't go all season without injuries and whatever. And if the if the drop off is so stark, you just feel that you feel it so badly, and you know we've seen it from other clubs. You know our pitching, we've had three rotation guys go down in a week, basically, and three guys have come up and won games. And other other clubs, they're having one guy go on the IL, and next is all panic is breaking loose, and they're calling up prospects left, right, and centre. Oh, try him, try him. You know, it's like literally like pitchers by numbers. It's uh, it's crazy. So, you know, it's I've got to be honest, guys. The product on the field at the start of the year was not good in terms of the the lineup. We we talked about it in depth, like over and over and over, and it was just not good. The rotation's always been a an area of excitement for us. They're way exceeding expectations, but I've got to be honest. Now we've had an unbelievable draft. Triple A are absolutely nailing runs left, right, and centre. There's three, four guys ready to come up positionally from Triple A. I mean, this team by the end of this season, year two of the build, got who knows what we'll be expecting and what we'll be predicting in year three. I mean, <laughs> if the Nets blow it, the Nats blow it. You know, the Phillies, anything could happen there. I mean, the Braves do look strong at the moment, but 
I mean, all of a sudden the Marlins are right in the middle of the of this of this division, aren't they? This is like a huge turnaround in what in six weeks. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, Dan, th- speaking about the lineup and and offensively, you would like this one. How many hits did we have on Sunday? You got it there. You'd have his top of your head probably. Um, I think it was about 15. It might have even been more than that. 16. 16, 16 it was. Yes, 16. 16 hits. Everyone in the lineup, everyone in the lineup um, got a hit. Um, you know, that that's just incredible. And we, you know, you know, when you win a game 6 4, but it really should have been 15 2. Like, yeah. it was the kind of game we proper dominated the Phillies in that game. They to me looked like. They'd had enough. They'd had enough of the Marlins. And they yeah. knew they were playing the Mets in the series after. And they knew life was about to get easy. So what <laughs> put a toilet lineup out on a Sunday, get hammered by the Marlins. And then lo and behold, turn up against the Mets last night. Power comes back. Everything's rosy. But what it says to me, it's all about levels. And the Mets, I don't think, are at the Marlins level from a rotation perspective right now. I think that's showing. That's showing with you know Phillies are the benchmark there or the measuring stick. So, yeah, interesting. Um, any other key takeaways from the Philly series? I mean, to get the brush out there was was awesome. Anything we missed, guys? I mean, Alcantara's for me, Alcantara's uh, seven, well, almost eight, was not just impressive because of how how far he and how deep he went into that game. I think he threw what 115 pitches. But, he absolutely had to do that for that game. We'd had two extra innings, back-to-back, 11 innings games against the Cards, no no day off. And Sandy had to go deep because, honestly, otherwise, Brian Holiday was pitching in, in the seven. Like, I'm not joking. We had no one. I don't think, I think we had one batter on the bench and two arms. That was about it. So He struck out Reese Hoskins last year, Brian Holiday did. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. <laughs> Tell you, if Key Harder would have had a, you know, would have would have struggled in that save opportunity, they'd have brought Holiday in. So, yeah, I mean, for me, that was that was an awesome effort. And and speaking about Holiday, actually, Homer in that game, which was one of the two runs uh, that we that we scored. So, I think it helps. I think it also helps that um, with with Holiday and Wilkin Castillo is that um, because they've been in Nola uh, most of the season, and Yamamoto, Hernandez, etc., Gallon. Um, have been in Nola. That's that's their catches. So they're yeah. they're absolutely used to the signs, the communications there, and um, I, yet that kind of really really helps. So you yeah. may have thought, oh, hang on, we've got our you know our you know triple A catches and our triple A pitches, but they they're used to playing with each other, and I think that that helped them settle. I don't think those nerves were there, and you saw that with Yamamoto, you saw that with Gallon. Uh, and Hernandez. So, um, yep. yeah, in some ways, uh, no offence to Wallach and uh, and Alfaro, but um, I think it helped. Uh, obviously, I'd rather have Alfaro in the lineup than Castillo, but on the basis of uh, <laughs> of, yeah. of uh, power, and he is our man. But it, I think that uh, unintentionally helped, and it also brushed off on our bullpen, which, apart from uh, you know. Uh, sort of Conley having a few issues against um, the Cardinals um, I thought was very strong you said about Chen 
I saw yep. Chen smile after that second inning. <laughs> he walked off with a smile. I don't think I've ever seen him smile since he's been a Marlin. And so that, that kind of shows that there is a real confidence about the place and the happiness. I think Romo helps. Um, although it does seem to be Romo's a guy that um, can only pitch well if he's under full pressure, like bases <laughs> loaded and yes. like, yeah, with a run left. When he's got like a four inning sort of cushion, he seems to fall apart. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a closer thing, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like cruise control, does he? He doesn't have a cruise control button. He's got to be... <laughs> He's got to be under pressure, yeah, to, yeah. to work. Hey, Lee, Lee, one thing I'm thinking, mate, just thinking about and following up from Rob's point there, with the with the starters, you know, they're all at a very similar age and a similar level of experience. Mm-hmm. Do you think that has helped these guys? Like, I'm just thinking of it the opposite way around. If you came into, you were called up maybe into, you know, your Phillies rotation or whatever, and you've got, you know, your Nolas and Ariettas and those kind of yeah, guys, yes. very vocal, very kind of demanding type pitchers. For me, that would unsettle me in some ways, but I yeah. feel like these guys, they're called up, they're probably pals with the rotation currently anyway, because they've been playing with them, you know, yeah. only a year ago. So do you reckon that's helped them, mate? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it could have, could have done. Like saying, there's no, like, you know, intimidation from, go, from going in, into the, you know, you know, like the, the the locker room and thing things you know like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I just say they're all mates because because they've all played played together you know, over the last last year or so. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it it could help for sure. Yeah, yeah. It seems to. Oh, yeah, that, good. It worked for me. All right, guys. Well, that was that was the Philly series. So a, a, an awesome sweep. The card series. Uh, we obviously recorded last week. We'd just been beaten by the cards five nil. Uh, we tore into a few players. There's a few apologies that are due. I'll apologise to Stalin Castro and JT Riddle because I was predicting your demise and saying you should stop playing immediately. And then I think the night after, Castro hit a home run in a 6-0 win. Um, so Stalin the Marlin is back. Happy days. That was So we followed up a 5-0 defeat with a 6-0 win. Yamamoto, well, that was his second start. Second time the cards saw him. Second time he absolutely hammered the cards lineup with uh, seven innings and uh, and and obviously no earned runs, seven seven Ks. Um, then we had a back to back days of extra innings. Uh, Conley got you know almost hit to the moon by uh, Goldschmidt uh, for a walk off, um, and then we then uh one seven six in the eleventh as well, including uh yeah the JT Riddle two two run bomb from him. So a split series. Um I think it was a fair result actually for that to be split. We played well. The cards the cards aren't great offensively at the moment. They're struggling a bit as well. So I think we played the cards and the Phillies at quite good times. Um and we've kind of been ascending so you know, it was wasn't surprising to take two, split that series, and then sweep at the Phillies. So that was last week. Off the field, guys, I'm just going to have to rattle through this because there has been so much activity. And mm-hmm. and do you know what happened, guys? There's that much activity. The Marlins had to delay it until the Wednesday to do it all. Normally, it's Tuesday night. All the moves happen normally as we're recording this, but. Right, I'm just going to rattle through, and there's a lot to pick the bones out of here, guys. Um, so we had Pablo Lopez go on the 10-day IL. 
If you think back to last week, we said, who are we going to see first, Brinson, Gallon or Diaz? Well, we got the answer on Wednesday because Gallon was called up. So he was up. We haven't really talked about him yet. We'll come across, we'll come to him later in his start. Um, then uh, the klaxon was out. And I saw the words Miami Marlins and trade and thought, oh, who have we traded? And what have we got back for them? And lo and behold, I look on and see the Marlins have actually traded for a player. We have acquired someone. And it totally caught me off guard. The player we acquired, uh, Cesar Pueo, um, that may not be pronounced correctly, but I'm going to go with it. Um, we got it from the Angels for cash considerations. Uh, he was DFA'd by the Angels. I guess that um, Upton was back off the IL and probably he was the odd man out out of options. Anyway, he played 12 games this year, three homers, 12 RBIs, an outfielder, and made sense. You know, a lot in a nice, nice pickup, I think. Um, he started most games since and has looked okay. It'd be interesting to see how he goes. Bit of outfield depth, not a problem. Um, the uh, move then for Pueo to be on the roster was a DFA for Rossell Herrera. Uh, a utility guy through the season, guys, but he just couldn't hit. I think you know he just he just wasn't a sound enough hitter, and nah. that was his demise. I think, unfortunately, um, for for Rossell. So that was, I think, a busy Wednesday. I think that was all Wednesday. Then, following that up, we then had Alfaro go on the seven-day concussion um, IL. Uh, Castillo then had to come up. Uh, Chad Wallach onto the 60-day IL. <laughs> Austin Dean down to AAA. Jeff Brigham up for bullpen depth because we were going extra innings game after game. Peter O'Brien DFA'd. Uh, and then I think the final one is Neil Walker back off the IL and Jeff Brigham back down. So there we go. That is... <laughs> About ten moves we've made. Oh, <laughs> that mate. Oh, man. did you all follow that, guys? Did that make absolute sense? No, no. Can you go through it again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I level, the top level summary, guys. Pueyo, Pueyo in, um, and uh, yeah. The main one is Pueyo and Gallon up, and unfortunately, the knock-on effect, and this really is is disappointing, was that Pablo Lopez had to be the man to go on the IL. Uh, we were considering, last week we talked, guys, Gallon, he's like, we're likely to see him when he's ready and likely Yamamoto or Hernandez will switch out and the guys will carry on. And obviously we're expecting Caleb back too. Um, unfortunately, Pablo went down. I, I don't know about you guys, but I was starting to hear some really negative things actually, and some worrying things about that. Like it may, it was again a shoulder problem from last year, same type of thing. There were some rumours about a sixty-day stint, thinking his season's probably over. Looks like he's avoided that and stay, sticking on the ten-day for now. So that's positive because, as you know, I'm Pablo's my guy on this part. <laughs> so it would have been you know heart-wrenching to see that happen. So. That that was all all of the activity. Caleb, just a quick one on Caleb. Caleb had a um, he had a where was he at Double A last night? I think actually. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. He was at the Jumbo Shrimp. I think it was Double A. Went four innings. 
a couple of earned runs, gave up a home of a struck out 11, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 11 in four innings. <laughs> is he... Dan, is he back? Are you oh, going well, this weekend, mate? Well, if, if he's striking out 11 in four innings, then yeah, he's back. 12 hours. <laughs> bring him up. But yeah, I hope so. I hope so, obviously. I, uh, it, He's, he's my main man, so I want I want to see him back. It's a shame in a way because um, everyone who stepped up has just been brilliant. So he's gonna he's gonna take one of their spots. But yeah, you, you can never be disappointed to have um, to have KKK Caleb back up uh, <laughs> in, in with the man in with the main boys. So I hope so. Well, let's let's use that this this as a segue to uh, a discussion point from this evening from Craig Mish on uh, on Twitter and tagged you boys in it as well Craig's view was that six days until the Marlins all-star representative will be announced and in his opinion it's unclear and in his opinion it's the first time ever it's been unclear as to who it will be so let's take a little round robin on this guys to maybe talk through Dan I'll start with you I think I know who you'll go with but you know uh, you, you can sell him to me and we'll see we'll see where we land on it yeah, well, I mean, first of all, what what a great position to to be in, like to, for someone like to, Craig to say for the first time ever he doesn't know who it's going to be. That can only be a po- well, you, it couldn't be a positive. You could take it another way, <laughs> but um, we'll look at it as though he meant that as a positive, as though people have stepped up and done really well. But from my point of view, um, up until his injury, um, I think Caleb has been has has been our ace. He's been he's been the one that has been consistent really throughout. I'm not really sure of him having a bad game. Um, so as well as the other guys have done, um, and including recent absolute resurgence, there's been from people like Cooper. Um, I think that it would be um, it would be harsh to to just sort of uh, ignore what Smith's done just because over the last couple of weeks he's been injured and people have stepped up in his place. So. He gets my vote definitely, but I yeah. think it's I think it's a good thing that um, it is unclear because it means that everyone's chipping in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I guess what maybe I should have done to set this up was to create a shortlist in some ways, but I don't think that's how it works. I mean, theoretically, anyone could be the representative. But Lee, what about for you, mate? Who who are you taking for for the All Star nod this yeah, year? So I mean, if I had a shortlist, it would probably be Smith. Maybe Sandy, who's been you know done, mm. really, done really well the last two months or so. Yeah. Uh, from the hit hitting side, probably Cooper. But obviously he was he was another one that was injured for a bit. So I don't know whether that's going to affect his sort of chances as well as what he missed about three weeks probably in total. So I so whether they think oh maybe he hasn't had enough at bats or something like you know hasn't shown it over a long long enough period. I'm not sure how how they sort of qualify that. Yeah. yeah, probably Smith. If I was picking, I'd pick Smith. I say he had sort of two. I'm not bad starts before he went on the aisle. Two, you know, you know for, for him they they were poor, but mm. you know, about how much of, of that was down to to his injury, which we, which we found out after that. So yeah, which is why he's only I mean, other his ERA was in the twos, you know, before those two starts. So yeah, I, if I was picking, it'd be Smith for me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Rob, any any difference on Caleb or full house on that one? Yeah, I th- I'd go with Caleb still. And I do believe his last start, he was injured because his velocity was well down by about three yeah. mile an hour. And that's where he gave away the home runs. 
but even so um sort of the thing is with our our fit starters from the the beginning of the the season that's that's hoping that smith is now uh fit after his uh, game with uh, jacksonville last night and just a side point on that he uh, there was 16 batters he faced 11 of them he struck out so um you know clearly he's he's ready he's um, ready yeah um if you look at his his ERA, which is three four one, Alcantara is three five one, Rich is three five four. So much as muchness, obviously, Sandy and Trevor have, have had three more games than than Caleb has. But even so, uh, the WHIP is around one. So it shows how economical, even with those last couple of more, you know, uh, for him dodgy games. Although he he still still went a, a good number of innings. So what's he just stands the, yeah, out. It's the strikeouts as what's well. What's the strikeouts? Yeah. What's the strikeout count? Eighty-two. Mate? So even Sandy's was sixty-four. Trevor's was seventy-seven, um, with three games more. So it just shows how dominant he was. I, I think this conversation wouldn't. We wouldn't be having this conversation if if Caleb had stayed fit. Yeah. Uh, and from a batting perspective, it eats Garrett Cooper. Um, you know, probably followed up by maybe Brian Anderson and I don't know, maybe Neil Walker third, because even during the, the bad days earlier in this season, Neil was still coming through. Mm. But um, from the pitching perspective, if Caleb had been fit, I don't think we'd be having this conversation at all. If I was doing a top three in regards to the pitching, it would be Caleb, Sandy, Trevor, I suppose, where where we are at the moment. Yeah, well, I think... I think the reality is from all five starters, actually, I'm going to throw Yamamoto in there as well, smaller sample size, but all of them guys at certain times have had an all-star stretch, in my opinion, where they put games together and a run together. And not everyone's been firing all cylinders at the same time, you know, as, as you know, it doesn't happen that way. But all of them are flash signs to me where I think they could be the all-star representative, I'd say. Brian Anderson recently has shown that as well from the bat side. Cooper, is just he just keeps hitting. Um, Harold Ramirez as well went on a real tear. Um, and Alfaro in stretches as well has also been impressive. So there's a number of candidates like you guys. I, I think I agree that uh, the... We won't be having this. We wouldn't be having this conversation. And Caleb was actually being talked about as an MLB wide, you know, top five, ten pitcher. You know, at, you know, at the start of the year, like he was really at that level where he was getting national attention for what he was doing on a weekly basis, and he was becoming, you know, must start in every fantasy league going, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, that's always the sign, isn't it? Who's most owned in any fantasy league? And if, <laughs> you know, go that way, pick it that way. I don't know. But. Yeah, OK. Um, just a, a, a quick one as well, guys. Um, I'm all, you know, a bit of fun. But if we were going to have a, a home run derby participant, who who would we most like? Who would we want to see? Whether we'd see them, but who would you want to see? Um, go reverse order. So, Rob? Um, uh, it's interesting with the home run derby because it's, it, it's basically been given, you know, balls to hit isn't it <laughs> so that's, um so where we had like it was obvious when it was stanton and bore um but who would i like to see who really really can hit one well cooper's obvious isn't it you'd like to see at the moment may, maybe even riddle um, <laughs> wow. um, 
<laughs> but I'll give you a, a really strange one, even though he's now been optioned to AAA. Peter O'Brien, because he's the guy who's supposed <laughs> to be a monster. Well, he is in AAA, comes to home runs. He hit the roof. Just imagine yeah. if you, you were serving some balls up to him, how far he could hit them. Um, it's, it's just a shame he can't do anything else. Um, no. <laughs> um, but so, uh, but in, in all seriousness, um, I just, just love watching Garrett Cooper at the moment. So he's the guy I'd have. Fair enough. What about you, Lee? Yeah, I mean it's tough. I, I say we're not known for our home runs. I think it's only Brian Anderson, and that's it. That's into on on the ten. I think everyone else is also below that. Mm. So yeah, I mean, maybe Cooper or, or you know Alfaro, just, just for the excitement you know, that, that that he might bring to it. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, Alfaro for me. I think Alfaro is a good shout, mate. I yeah. mean, I think if you're serving lollipops to him. Yeah, he's going to fall a long way. I mean, yeah. everything he's hit has been opposite field home runs. Like, if you're serving lollipops to him and he's trying to pull it, it, it could go miles. Yeah. I'm sure of that. All right, all right, Dan, ra- round it off, mate. What about you, mate? Yeah, um, um, I mean, there are a few, as you say, you've got Anderson, the obvious candidates like Cooper. I think even people that have shown us a few glimpses like uh, O'Brien and, and, um, and Austin Dean as well. Showed showed a bit, um, but I, I'm going to agree with Lee. I, I'm going to say Alfaro as well. I um, I think yeah, you served him up to him. He's just got that look that he can smoke it. You know? yeah. <laughs> just look at it. You see him on the pl- on the on the plate. You just think yeah, he's this guy's bad. He, he yeah. can do it. Uh, I'm going to go Alfaro. Yeah, I've got a couple of curveballs for you here, guys. Um, <laughs> you know, surprise, surprise. I tell you who I think would do well in it. You know, a bit like a few years ago where they were like, oh, um, you know, Ichiro would be awesome. There was a lot of talk about if, if he actually was in the home run derby, you know, and you were lollipopping him, he would just smoke the life out of it. I think these days now, if you lollipopped Granderson, I think he could do a similar job, to be honest. I, I feel like he, he could probably win it, you know, with that type of, if he got in the zone. But the person who I'd actually want, like, I'm not that fussed about Granderson. He's you know, nice guy, and he's you know he's there for as a coaching role more than anything. Who I'd like to see, as opposed to who I think would win, I'd like to see Pablo Lopez in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy's a legit a legit bat, so I'd like him to show it off and clear the fences a few times. So anyway, there we go. Bit of fun with that one. Um, mindful that we're we're ticking on time, guys. There's a lot still to get through. So. Um, we're going to change gears a little bit now and cover what is the biggest week in UK baseball ever and European baseball as well, for that matter, with the London series uh, commencing on, on Saturday. So we record this Tuesday. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of build up going on, um, etc. There's three of us are actually making the games or at least some of the games. So. Let's let's spend a bit of time on the series itself. I'm going to allow it for this week. We're going to include the London series in our in our weekly predictions side. So we'll we'll go through the series itself. Not not so much about what the games will likely be. Well, we can do, but firstly, let's let's just touch upon what we're expecting from it. I mean, three of us are going. Dan, what what do you think the atmosphere will be like inside, mate, in the actual stadium? It's um. I don't, I'm not really sure. I'm intrigued by it because yeah. you'd like to think there's going to be 
a a vast amount of people there that are that know the sport that follow the sport and will get you know will will expect will get behind the and create an atmosphere um but i think that for the people that are going to uh, they're in the area it's something new um and they want to they want to experience it i don't really know i don't know whether or not you're going to get a lot of the west ham <laughs> crowd over there that think they're going to be singing I'm, I'm forever blowing bubbles and things like that <laughs> over there um, but I, yeah I, it's going to be intriguing but I, I hope and it all really comes down to what the spectacle's like if it's a good game the atmosphere will follow and there's no reason why they shouldn't be a good game um, there's plenty no. of talent out there it's a great rivalry um, I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a spectacle it should, it should happen and um, it's going to be intriguing to see what the atmosphere is like but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I hope I hope it's a good game first and foremost. But yeah, I hope people get into it because if people get into it, the interest will follow. People mm. will suddenly maybe go and pick a team, and the sport grows. The exposure grows over here, and that's what we want. Yeah, it makes sense. Lee, you're also making the trip as well. What are you? Yeah. What are you most excited about for these games? Whether that's the on-field product or anything else. Yeah, you know. Seeing Stanton in, in person. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, he plays. I mean, he's, he's back now, so he should be playing. But yeah, I, you know, I just, I just want to see you know, the other fans you know, enjoying it. And, and hopefully we... we I mean, I'd guess there's probably about 20,000 people, maybe diehards, if you can call them that. I, I don't know, I'm sure, the number. Mm. But I'm guessing at least half probably won't know what's going on. And I, <laughs> I mean, I did... I read something about... Even on the score, they're going to try and cater to both you know, both diehards and and the you know, the new fans on the okay. scoreboard in the scoreboard instead of just saying you know R H and E, it's gonna say runs, hits, and errors. Yeah, so so the new fans will know all the different you know numbers and stuff. Yeah, so we, you know, we, 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 you know, we, we, which is, is is good to see, I think, for them. Yeah. And so yeah, and then and there's, there's gonna be there's gonna be be people people in the stands, you know, you know, selling you know hot dogs and, and yeah you know, things like like that. Yeah, you know, the, the the vendors. You know, you know, strolling around the stands, so they are they are trying trying to bring that that experience yeah from from America over over yeah. here as well. Yeah, it's just like I mean, as Dan said, it's it's more just you know interesting to to, to see what you know what 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 it is going kind of, going to be like, how 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 the crowd are going to react to you know, the certain moments, and you know are are they going to go go wild 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 for like, for like a stolen base, you know, or are they going to just 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 sit there in silence. Because <laughs> I know what was it in? I think at, in like the NFL game, the first game, they always joke how the crowd went mad for for, for like a punt or something. You know, because you know, you know, they weren't knowing how, how the game was working. You know, things like, like that. So yeah, be in, in, interesting to see the, the difference in fans there. Yeah, I, I suppose, mate, as well, and and probably something that the listeners won't know masses about, but. You, you you follow cricket quite heavily as well, and you've been to some of the World Cup games. So, yeah. for for me, it's a uh, it's a similar experience in terms of a watch in, in yeah. terms of cricket and baseball. So, you know, I, I'd be interested to see if it's a similar type vibe. But equally, you yeah. go to the NFL as well, which I know you do, and I go to that as well. And they do some of that learning educational bit in the NFL, where on the on the boards, the screens, they'll you know yeah. have terminology or rules that kind of flash up while you're watching the game so it's trying to educate uh for fans who are interested or unsure so that's interesting um, yeah, it's, i think it's where 
it's about trying to find the balance between not like you know pa- patronizing the people who know about it you know, you know without being 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 too too basic yeah on, on the nose about it but, but also trying trying to to show show the new fans as well all like the rules and stuff so mm-hmm. you've yeah. you just got to find the balance it's hard to do it's year one they've mm-hmm. obviously they do these international games already in other countries but yeah. The reality is it's countries that have a lot more more of a developed baseball culture than the UK. So this is a real new kind of testing ground for them. And that's that's what it's there to do. That's why they brought the Yankees and Red Sox, because they need to generate the interest by, with a big club. The on-field uh, product needs to be high quality. And they just want to grow the game, which is great. So, Rob, unfortunately, you're going to be watching the game you know, on TV or whatever. Um, from that view, mate, what do you, what do you, I mean, are you going to cheer anyone on? Are you going to, actually, you're going to tune into it. You're just going to watch, uh, I don't know, EastEnders or whatever on the day. <laughs> I, I will, uh, I will tune into it. And it, I'm interested to see um, from the perspective of actually watching it on TV, how it's all going to work. Because we've now seen the pictures of the, the ground. Uh, and it looks like we've got massive foul ball territory down the sort of uh, the first and and uh, third base lines. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it it looks like it could be a hitter's park, though. Is it going to be the case that we're going to get a lot of home runs, um, especially with Stanton back? And um, I'd, it's going to be fascinating. And um, although I'm not going, um, I think this. What my hopes are is it's the start of something big, and we we know about the the Cubs um, and Cardinals, isn't it next year? Uh, and that that can keep going, and that they can keep getting sides over, maybe with a bit of rivalry. Why not have us and the Braves? Although it's got to be at a point where we can actually beat the Braves, uh, which doesn't look like it's ever going to happen this year. But um, you know what? Wh- why not um, just keep like they've done with the NFL? bring these teams over, introduce these teams to the fans mm. and um, really start to build that fan base up. I'm kind of hoping that the the success of this will mean that baseball is no longer a niche sport where it's just a few of us dotted around the country watching it, that yeah. it, it goes to a wider audience. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that they... Uh, I, I completely agree, Rob, in, in, in what you're saying there. And I hope, from our selfish point of view be a Marlins fans, I hope they look at a Florida State team and franchise in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the commitment they made to the UK market, what, five years ago, four years ago, however many years it was, where they said, right, uh, we're going to come back year after year. And for me, that has really paid dividends in the UK. I mean, when the when the Jags play the games, I'd say at least a third of the stadium are wearing Jags jerseys you know they actually are supported as a proper home team primarily by UK fans and for me the Marlins I think have a great opportunity to do that we obviously have attendance issues and the ownership is thinking about ways of expanding you know and it doesn't mean just down southwards into the the Latin countries why not consider Europe and, and London as a, as a way of growing the Marlins organization. I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, it's a big holiday destination anyway for the UK. So there's a natural fit there. We'll see. 
for me, there's two get there's two series they've committed to. I think they're going to reassess and they're going to understand if, if it's successful, is it feasible, and make a call on it. From us, I think we just enjoy this series and the next, knowing it could be the last. So let's enjoy them. Um, let's hope it grows the game. Let's hope we meet loads of fans there, have a you know a good good time, meet some friends, you know whatever, and you know it becomes an annual event. That's what we're all looking for. I think it'd be great. So. Mm-hmm. One final thing on the London series ahead of predictions. This is to you, Dan, because um, you're the only one drinking a beer right now on this pod as well as me. So <laughs> the, key, the key question, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, w- which day are you going? Are you Sunday? On Sunday, yeah. Sunday, yeah. Okay, so that's the 3.10 start. What's, what's the drinking strategy you're going to employ during the game? And just, just, as a, just to add a caveat to that, I understand they're serving booze throughout. So There's no good. stop. There's no yeah. stop in the uh, you know the seventh inning stretch or whatever. So, <laughs> what what's your thinking strategy? Well, um, I thought first train up to London, <laughs> and then, what time um, that? six a.m. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but considering as though um, you know our host to this incredible podcast um, likes a bit of uh, a bit of a vino occasionally and uh, the odd beer here and there, and I'm meeting him. Um, for the very first time, I think it's only right um, to get up there early as I can. That's acceptable, um, and uh, have a few drinks, get it flowing, and we can have a chat and you know assess everything out and and see how we go from there. <laughs> Good plan, mate. I think I've heard there's quite a few you know bits and pieces outside the stadium knocking around. You know, like some batting yeah. cage stuff, and you know what we need. We'll have a you know have a few bloody marys to loosen up early on, and then you know hit the batting cages and. <laughs> You know, anything could happen. Um, there we go. There we go. What about you, Lee? What's your strategy? Just, just quickly. Would, would... <laughs> I don't know. I just, so I'm hoping I'll probably get there earlier on the Saturday game. To, you know, to, you know, to just soak it all in and and, yeah. and just just see what's there. As I was saying to Dan earlier on before we came online about you know I, I still need to get a Marlins you know you know, you know new shirt for for, for, for like the for like the new rebrand. Okay. I'm hoping, I'm interested to see actually you know what what is in the shop. Because in the NFL games, they sort of have about three stalls of the two teams. Then they normally have one stall for like AFC and, and one for one for NFC. So I'm interested to see if they will have other jerseys there for like the other teams as well. Because I'm, yeah. I'm hoping to, to you know, go, yeah, to maybe pick one up. Like, but as you were saying, you know, knowing the way they are in this, in this country, it, it be an old one still. Like, <laughs> you know, It'll be an orange one. Marlins jersey still. (laughs) Stanton on the back. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'll I'll see if I can find that information. There's a couple of the uh, the couple of guys are a bit closer to the kind of operations sides around the stadium and have a bit of understanding as to what's there. So I'll see if they can get an inside track on that. So that's what I'm more interested in seeing. Uh, I'll I'll have a wander around. Just yeah, take you all in. Yeah, get in, mate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why not? It's get there early. It's six ten start anyway on the Saturday. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it's it's early doors. So, all right, guys. Well, that, that covers off the drinking strategy, which sounds to me like <laughs> me and that me and Dan are going to be in, in world pain. And don't forget, don't forget, Rob. We're gonna we're gonna hook in. We're gonna I'm gonna link up with the guys after, and we're gonna call you on a device that is working at the time. I'm going to record a segment of such that we'll use for next week's pod. So we're going to kind of be roaming reporters straight from the game, 
you know, we're going to have hot dog reviews from Lee. We're going to have beer reviews from Dan. <laughs> I don't know what I'll be doing. I'll just be walking around aimlessly. I don't know. <laughs> changes there. All right. So, predict quick predictions, guys. Just a series series prediction for uh, Yankees Red Sox. I'm going to note them down and uh, we'll add them to our predictions list. Who wants to fire up first? Yeah, go on. Um, well, as as with all my, um, I'm, I'm Miami through, but through, throughout every American sport, it's always the mantra of anyone but Boston. So um, I'm going for a, I'm going for a two nil uh, Yankees win. Two nil Yankees. All right, Lee. Uh, I'll probably go safe and say one all. I say. Yankees a win Saturday and Boston Sunday. But yeah, one all. Yeah, all right. Rob? Um, I was going to go for a, a 2-0 uh, Yankees win, basically because of Stanton being back. And yet, I, th- I think there's a um, the Boston are a bit sort of maligned this year because they've had a poor start. But they are, they're what, 537 uh, in the league. It's just because of Tampa and New York being so amazing. Yeah. Um, that they actually are quite good. Um, they are on the way up, and some of their, you know, decent players like you know, Mookie Betts of this world are, are are really starting to pick up. But um, I just think the power of the Yankees could make this a a two nil win. Yeah, I think unfortunately, I, I say unfortunately, that's probably unfair. But the the way the pitching matchups seem to be shaping up, um, you're not going to get. You know, like, I don't think Chris Sale's going to be going for the Red Sox or anything like that. I think uh, I think Pretty Ricky's on the man. Ricky Porcello is is going yeah. for the Red Sox. Tanaka, I think, is opening up for the Yankees. Talk about CeCe Sabathia maybe following him. Yeah, or, I think uh, it's Rodriguez for Boston Sunday, I think. Rodriguez, who, I mean, in effect, he's an opener, really, isn't he? I mean, you know, they're going to just kind of bullpen it, so... Yeah, I mean, interesting methods. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to... All right, guys, so I've taken down. I've got 2-0 Dan, 1-0 Lee, 2-0 Rob. So two. that's two series sweeps there, guys, just to kind of emphasize that point. <laughs> I'm going to then... I'm going to go the... Uh, I'm going to follow Lee, actually. I'm going to go for a 1-1 as well um, on that. So let's do a quick update on the standings from last week, guys. Uh, the scores is... Uh, there's some positive news. There is no one left on zero. So <laughs> you remember. I'm not sure where this is going. After week one, <laughs> <laughs> after week one, um, we were uh, we were all deadlocked on zero. Um, but unfortunately, we uh, a bottom fourth place. Dan the man. I'm, I'm well. It's unfair now because Dan, you said listen. I'm going to predict this because I know it will mean the Marlins do the exact opposite. And you've got your wish, mate. Yeah, you took one for the team. You, you went for it. You took one for the team, but currently a failed, a failed sweep, minus one. Um, and uh, you, you've got a zero, zero points for the card series. So minus one. Lee, you're sat on one point, mate, which was the... Uh, hold on. You, went, you got the Philly series correct, I think. Hold yeah, on. Let's, yeah. let's double check this. I have a feeling I did, yeah. You had a two-one. You you predicted two-one, Marlin. So you got you got a series win. Um, Rob, two points. Uh, and that was for the two-two with the card series. 
on the nose, but you predicted a Phillies win uh, in the series. Uh, and I'm leading the way now on three points with um, zero against the Cards, but a huge three points for a series sweep against the Phillies. So, people uh-huh. leading the way. Um, we're going to turn our attention, guys, now very quickly to round off on the week ahead. Uh, an NL East looking week. The Nats starting this evening, Scherzer on the mound. Uh, we are, like I said earlier, we're right into the teeth of their rotation of Scherzer, Corbin, Strasbourg. So it's not going to be an easy series for us. Uh, but it's good to test yourselves. Interested to see how the Nats are playing at the moment. Um, yeah, time will tell. So back around to you, Dan. Predictions for that series? Uh, I'm a bit tong on whether to um, to continue my strategy or not. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I'm I'm going to go back to being sensible, and I think that yeah, we're um, we're on the ascendancy now. We're in we're, we're in full momentum. Uh, we've got Scherzer's number, so we'll win tonight. Um, I'm going to go with a two-one win tonight against the Nets, and I'm going to do exactly the same um, coming into the uh, to the Phillies. So I'm going to go two-one in both because. Um, you know, we've just seemed we just seem to have it against Philadelphia at the moment. It doesn't matter what's coming up against us. Uh, the bats are hot. The pitching's just on fire. Um, I can't see anything other than two wins at the minute, and the momentum will keep going. I'm yeah, positive. Two two ones, please. Two two ones, it is. <laughs> Lee Marlin, what are we saying? Uh, I say we're uh, we're back at home now, where we back home. Stick. Yeah, where we're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we're going to lose the the Nat series actually two one. Ooh, yeah. I, th- I think we might struggle in that one, so we lose that. But I think yeah against the Phillies, I think we we got their number. Uh, let's sweep the Phillies again. Really? <laughs> we got to sweep the Phillies again. Oh my lord, the boys are desperate for three points. <laughs> right then, Rob, follow that one. I'm struggling a little bit with the Nats series because the Nats have been, they, they've not been so bad lately either. Uh, well, they, they, they're really roller coaster, ups and down, ups and downs, mm-hmm. all to do with their bullpen. And mm-hmm. so, like, you know, Barraclaw, et cetera, seen, and the rest of it, they, they've obviously had that bizarre Trevor Rosenthal problem where he just couldn't seem to, to get strikes. Um, and they brought up Fernando Rodney. Uh, who you'll remember from the horrible Chris Paddock trade. Um, and also, I think they've also called up, um, I've just forgotten his name, the the Braves pitcher who they released earlier this year, who'd been injured for three years. Um, it'll come to me in a minute. So, um, yeah, they, they, they're they desperate for bullpen. They've got Doolittle and nothing else. Yeah. So, if we can keep it tight, and I know Strasbourg, uh, not Strasbourg, sorry, Scherzer, last four games, he's gone seven innings, seven in, uh, eight innings, seven innings, seven innings, seven innings, only gave up th- three earned runs. But if we can keep that tight, we've got Trevor Richards, who I think you can do, we might be able to win that one. Then we've got Corbin. I heard the Phillies podcast, the UK Phillies podcast. They didn't seem to be that, didn't think he was that good, even though they, they, uh, Corbin helped them win the, the game there. So maybe that's another one we can win. And then uh, just trying to think who is pitching. Sorry, uh, it, it will be Strasburg. Uh, yeah, Strasbourg. So it's, it's Corbin Gallon, 
and then uh, it'll be Strasbourg versus Sandy. Oof. Right, yeah. well, I'll, I'll go for a two-one win then um, <laughs> in that series. But the, the issue also with the Nats though is that our bats are going to have to keep being on fire because Rendon um, or Rendon is amazing. They're talking about Howie Kendrick going to the All Star game. You know, the yeah. guy's about thirty-five years old, but he's you know he's he's three point three five. Um, ERA, 12 home runs, 43 RBIs. They, they've got some power in there. Um, so that will be difficult. But yeah, 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one Philly series? Um, I, I, uh, the thing is, is that we haven't been so good at home lately, have we? And it would be just us to, to sweep the Phillies away and then, then get the reverse happen. What I'm worried about in the Phillies series is the fact they're now playing the meltdown um, yeah. Mets. Yeah, and that Bring means their confidence. Yeah, yeah, could, could come back. And Ozuna, um, no, it's not Ozuna. Um, what's happened to my brain? Um, Harper, <laughs> um, Harper, Hoskins, etc. Um, a big wide ballpark with plenty of space to hit it in. You know, these guys are are uh, um, it's risky. But I'll go. I'm going to go for another two-one win. While we're on the ascendancy, let's keep it up because we've got to get to 70 wins. Otherwise, I'll lose my bet. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So we've got quite a few two ones across the board. Right. Nat series. Nat series. It's a real tough ask for us against this rotation. I'm going to go with Lee. I'm going to go 1 2 on that one. And Phillies. I'm also going to go 1 2, actually. So two, two series defeats on the spin. Unfortunately, but uh, I'm hoping that this is just the curse is real and uh, the podcast does what it needs to do. Someone needs to predict series defeats. So um, there we go. All right, guys. So a quick final seg, um, unless we've missed anything. Is there anything else we've missed? But we need a quick emoji of the week, I think, and player of the week as well. So we'll do a quick final roundup there as well as any other business uh, on the way round. So as you do your emoji and your player, if, if there's anything I've missed, throw it out there and we can talk about it now as well. Um, Dan, do you want to fire away, mate? Um, well, player of the week has to be uh, Yamamoto for two uh, exceptional um, pitching performances. I think it's 14 innings pitched, two earned runs. I think it might be four hits, but I'm not even sure it was that many. And then 14, I believe, strikeouts. Um, not just the stats, just the performance. I mean, even when he had the wobble early on against Philly, um, walking all them players, he, he never sort of went back to basics. He never went, oh, just play fastballs and things. It was still trying the same things, still trying those um, uh, breaking balls, etc. until he got it right. And once he got in, in his stride, once he got into his rhythm, he could have carried on. He didn't need to stop. It was, I understand why he did, but it's just confidence oozes from him, uh, and I'm loving it so far. So he is, uh, without a doubt, the player of the week. Special mention, obviously, to uh, Cooper because he's been brilliant again. But uh, yeah, uh, um, Yamamoto is the player of the week. And emoji goes, um, I think um, they do a calendar, and the calendar is for the decade that's gone by since uh, Castillo last hit a baseball or <laughs> appeared in a baseball game. So it'll be a calendar for the emoji of the week. 
I love that, mate. You've always got a left field one. It's <laughs> your, emoji, your, your emoji game in, in chat manager or football manager. You are 20 on emoji. <laughs> awesome. Go on in, Lee. Give it, give it to us, mate. Uh, I I think I went for Yamamoto last week, so I'm going to go differently. I'm going to go hitting, but I'm going to go with Brian Anderson. Mm. I think he's hit three home runs over the last seven days with six RBIs. So I think Brian Anderson, you know, he, he, he can, can get a mention. And my emoji is the aeroplane one for our, our road yo yo wins because we're, we're so bad at home at the minute. <laughs> but the aeroplane for, the, for, you know, for like our travels. Love it, Love it, mate. Whoa! Boys are absolutely on fire here. <laughs> absolutely on fire. Right, go on then, Rob. Um, my emoji is the is the sweep. It's the broom. It has to be. <laughs> we swept the Phillies. Broom. Um, and I, I would have never thought we'd be able to do that from the start of the season. So um, it definitely has to be that. And I'm going with Yamamoto as well. Just expand on Dan's stats. I'll, I'll bring in the, 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 the third game as well, his first game to, to add to that. His ERA is 0.95. It's 19 strikeouts, a whip of 0.79. But the thing that impressed me more than anything else was the fact that when he had those three walks at the start and when he's had difficult situations, the team have, uh, have really, really sort of, uh, the, the fielding's come through for him, but he's kept his composure for a guy who's never pitched in Triple A. It, it's it's fantastic at that level. Um, just a, a one mention though was about um, Gallon's start as well because we talked so much about Gallon. He's come up, and we haven't really talked about him that much. Yeah, yeah. But it, <laughs> Sorry, Zach. you know, six strikeouts in his five innings pitched, um, and even though there's a, a little bit more base traffic than he would have liked. Um, even so, he's, he's it's a you know an ever such a, a strong lineup uh, with the cards as well. And he was against Wainwright, who was his favourite player growing up. He's he's a, a, a Gallon's a St Louis fan, so it was um, you know a real magic moment for him. But the most magic moment of that game was uh, what happened to win that game. All right at the end when um, we picked off Flaherty, who was the uh, the pinch runner. Oh, yeah. um, which is Romo uh, got it to uh, Rivera, yeah, and that was just one of the. That's just such a brilliant way to win a game. If you think how many times we've blown games at the end, to see us win a game in that kind of style was, was fantastic. Yeah, hey, I saw. I, I haven't. I wasn't listening to the commentary of that, but I've seen. I have seen. It. I saw it on Twitter. I think the following day of that specific play, and to me, Flaherty looked like he was distracted by something. You know, his reaction's slow. I'm wondering if he was, like, looking at the bench or, you know, trying to work out, am I am I going? Am I trying to steal? And in the midst of it, Romo just zinged one into second base, and I guess it was Castro or Rojas was there and, and tagged him. So you're right, mate. What a way to win a game. Romo celebrated like he does do when he, he normally strikes him out to win a game. So, you know, he, he took that one. You know, he took that win as well. That was that was Rivera who did that, and I wonder whether because if you look at Rivera on the bench, he's ever so chatty, and I he could have been even chatting to him and put him off. He could have um, done, yeah, yeah, um, he could have done. Brilliant hey, how did, fielder. How did yeah? You're right. We didn't really speak about Gallon much, um, and I didn't see that game. It's one of the only ones I didn't see in the last week, actually, in, in its entirety. Uh, Rob, I think you have been watching most of the games. How did he look, mate? Was he what from what you were expecting coming up? 
was he as advertised, so to speak? Yeah, I think um, what you're expecting was a lot of strikeouts because that's and how economical he has been. Which you uh, and the fact that he was Pacific Coast League Player of the the week three times in parks which are quite small and it's known for to, to be a hitters league. You, you uh, so um, it's rare to get a, a pitcher to have be that economical. That's what I was expecting. He got his six strikeouts in, in quite a difficult way. He obviously was quite nervous at the start. And, um, you know, as I said, there was a, you know, a little bit of base traffic, but only five hits. You know, that's, that's, that's not bad at all. Um, so it was how I expected. I really like his throwing action where he kind of, he kind of starts his throwing action. His leg comes down and he, follows through and I think that's quite a distraction for the yeah it's funky isn't it I just about. yeah um so yeah as expected I, I was hoping the thing that I was it's same thing with Yamamoto as well um was that you're kind of hoping that they don't have a, a, a horrible horrible start where they get pulled after two innings and they get blown yeah. apart but the the confidence is there the confidence is in the team and it's really really good yeah we're expecting him to stay. I think that's him for the for the year in the rotation now. They're going to let Gallon just roll roll to the rest of the year. Arrangers obviously out, you know, two months anyway. It's probably the most likely scenario, do you think? Or I don't quite know what they're going to do because they've now got three pitchers up. It's <laughs> with Caleb Smith coming in. Who are you dropping down? That, that's the question, isn't it? Who are you dropping down out of those 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 pitchers? Because Hernandez has looked. Good. Yamamoto's look good. They yeah. none of them deserve to be to be dropped yeah. down at all. Um, I I think compared to last year, I think Hernandez looks like he, he uh, he's earned his place. It's very very difficult. Uh, if Urania was fit, I'd be thinking mm, I'm not sure I want you back um, in that lineup. But you always got to be careful. You can never have enough starting pitching. Someone could get injured. You know, tomorrow next week in training, I'm sure things will free themselves up. It's a bit tricky to know who to bring down. You put, maybe Yamamoto would go down just on the basis of his age and all that, but the range yeah. of his pitches, I'm not so sure. He, he seems like no one understands him. It's brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's hard. I guess there's a couple of things swirling around in my mind just on this topic, and we probably should have spent a bit more time talking about it. We'll, we'll come back to it. It'll probably be out of date by the time we get around to it. But in my head, I'm thinking, okay, there's been some bullpen issues recently. Is Hernandez an option to drop into the pen, maybe? Conley looks totally bereft of any confidence. I think a decision needs to be made there on Conley. He's just, he's not had it this year uh, at all, really. His ERA is like almost touching 10 or something. It's eight or nine. Eight. So, you know, is that a move we could make? Maybe put Hernandez in there. Other, the other thing as well, Yamamoto has been pitching a lot as well already in the minors. And so his pitch, his innings count is probably quite high anyway. And they may think, you know, we don't need to stretch him out. And equally, you don't really want to destroy any guy's value. These young guys who, you know, if they do make a decision and go, do you know what? There's an offer comes in on one of these guys, one of the younger guys, um, a Yamamoto or Hernandez. And there's, as a trade option, maybe, you know, they get a bit more value than they would have done ahead of them making some starts and doing well. But, you know, no need to kind of kill their value as well. So maybe they're mindful of that. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
if someone came in with a silly offer for Yamamoto now, seeing what they'd seen, and went, you know what, we see this guy legit, you know, maybe deal him, maybe he would. I mean, he's come out of nowhere, like literally. Yeah. He's not been talked about at all as he all year. We've not mentioned him. He's in. A, he's been in Double A. So you know, if you could spin him, in effect, the fourth piece of the Yelich trade, who no one knew anything about spinning for some you know high rated batting prospect. You know, who's to say that's the wrong move? I don't know. So, Caleb's got to come back. Um, we don't know how long Pablo's out. His shoulder, I'd be surprised if he's back in 10 days, let's say. So, that's going to be elongated. And there's no need to rush him back anyway. Arania's probably out for the year, in all likelihood. That's probably in done. So, it's just a matter of mixing and matching the others uh, to see how it plays out. So, it's going to be interesting, guys, that, isn't it? Because... Well, I think what we're saying is no one deserves to go down. Do, do, do you think there's any chance they go with a six-man? You know, why not? If, if they're on innings, if they're on innings, count anyway. Why not? Why not? And also, you could theoretically slide Hernandez into long relief if you really needed him or something. As a, yeah. you know, if he was there, and it's possible, isn't it, mate? I mean, I think there's possibilities. Good to have options, great, yeah. great to have pitching options like this, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. If, if it was at the minute, I think I'd go six man until the All Star break, and then maybe have a look at it again. It's yeah. only what two weeks now, so maybe we could go just with six man for now. Yeah, and see how we go from there. I like it, mate. You trying to? I know Donny's contract's up for uh, <laughs> yeah. it's up for renewal, mate. So I like it. Get me in there. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, guys, anything else? Be mindful of time. We're we're probably should wrap things up but all right guys well let's take that as no further business <laughs> i'll summarize things for us an awesome week last week competitive series with the cards an awesome win series sweep with the phillies what a week ahead not just for marlins baseball which is exciting with the nats and the phillies again but the London series, it's absolutely huge for UK baseball. And I'm looking forward to being a part of it this week and enjoying the build-up, enjoying the games, enjoying after the games, enjoying meeting you two lads in particular. I've had a few other Marlins guys reaching out saying, hey, you around and whatever. So uh, actually, there's, that brings me to one final thing. What we need to work out is... Not the designated hitter, but the designated boozer. That's what we need. We need a DB um, for the week. So I'm going to try and work out. I don't know the area. Do you, do you guys know the area well? Like what, what drinking holes are near there that would be good for us for a designated boozer? If, the, if guys are listening, they want to know where we'll be. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of um of I I never remember the names of them, but there's a couple that are right close to the stadium. Um, uh, that will probably be quite busy. I know there's a place called Bat and Ball that's quite good because it's got like table tennis tables in there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's, so that's quite you get you get a bit of interaction one, in there as well. I've, I've been been in before. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that might I know they are showing the games games as well, so I I, I assume it'd be busy. Fans the bat and ball was it, mate? I didn't. Yeah, yeah, the bat and ball. Okay, well, we'll we'll knock that about over the next couple of hours and couple of days. Uh, I think it'll be good to throw out there that the the Marlins, the Marlins UK crew, we've got a designated boozer. Um, that's important, and we'll make sure that we 
we find time to drop in there and we'll let people know if they want to come and chat with us. Um, they know where we'll be. I'm definitely going to look loop into the Belushi's um, uh, MLB UK community guys are putting on the Belushi stuff as well in, in the bottom floor there in the dugout, which I've been once before and it's it's a good venue. A lot of guys are going to go there after the game, I'm pretty sure. So going to do that as well. Um, all right, guys. Well, excellent week just had. Excellent week ahead. Um, looking forward to it. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening. And just as a final note, next week is episode 20 of uh, the Fish Across the Pond podcast. An awesome achievement for the guys. And I, I appreciate your three uh, effort and input and uh, dedication to this on a weekly basis. Um, I've got a special guest lined up for next week that's going to be joining us. Uh, I'm not going to let you know who that is. I'm going to keep that in the back pocket for now, guys. But, you know, for the listeners out there, stay tuned. Special guest joining. They have a blue tick on Twitter. So, you know, that's that's all I'm going to say. I'm just, I don't know if Jeter's on Twitter and he's got a blue tick. It's possible, <laughs> but, you know, there's endless possibilities. So, you know, stay tuned for that, guys. We've got a few other guests lined up as well that um, we're going to get on the next couple of weeks. Um, having some real good engagement with um, with some of the US-based Marlins guys at the moment. Um, so we're going to we're going to tee some things up, you know, for in and around the All Star break, which makes sense because it's a bit of an off time as well for the guys associated and affiliated with the club. So hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we can get that in when when maybe it goes a bit quieter for them. So. Excellent. That's it for this week, guys. Episode 19 is in the books. Uh, you've been listening to Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. And we will see you again next week. <laughs>